Good morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed word. That's 1490 True Talk Radio, reminding you that we're streaming live at KLGO. And I also want to give you the phone number here at 637-WORD-9673, 637-9673, or 637-THE-WORD. And in the studio with me, of course, is the First Lady of Love, the founder, the director, the creator, the the, the <laughs> well, I was I was thinking of Art Carney and oh, Jackie yeah. Gleason, the big the big hoo-bah of Love Talk, Evelyn Davison. Good morning, Evelyn. Well, good morning, Miss Cindy. What a wonderful day this is. Hey, yeah, sunshine. We do so many things day by day, but I can tell you, as long as we can hold on here at uh, at the Word, this is going to be our priority. I well, love you know, doing it. Our I love pi- it. Yeah, our picture of holding on is not the one of the cat on the ledge, you know, that's just like <laughs> holding on for dear life. Ours was pretty much grabbing the cocktail or the hem of the robe of Jesus and holding on for dear life because the one thing that you and I know above all else is that we we serve a God that is continually on the move. Mm-hmm. It isn't like you and I plant our feet and, and dig our heels into mm-hmm. a piece of ground and say, okay, now, Lord, you show up here <laughs> and do what I mean. It you know, is, no, it is much more like we're like, okay, where is he hanging moving on, and yeah. hanging on? Yes. You know, there's a lot in the news today. I know you had a busy week. Hey, FYI. Yes. Girlfriend. Yes. Happy anniversary. Well, it is our anniversary. Six years we have been at the Word. It's hard Holy to believe. Holy smoke. It, I, I was thinking this week, when we started Christian Radio in Austin, uh, it was down in the old Kicksville studio down on 11th Street. And on Saturdays, if it rained, we had to take an umbrella to put over our heads over the microphone, literally. In the 20-something years that, you know, but, uh, that, that studio was there before we began to move up in the world. Uh, they never changed the carpet. <laughs> and so here we are in this beautiful studio. We look out over just beautiful crepe myrtles and all, and it's just, so it's like heaven. It, it is. I, I, it is awesome, you know, because now I wasn't. Uh, there at that founding yeah. place, the first time you and I opened up and did a show together was down in the building close by Ben White uh-huh. on the access road of 35 and Ben White. But when we came, our six years were celebrating. <laughs> that, those are ancient years because we've got 28. You know, we yeah, you've 28, yeah. and that uh, we're talking about six years here at the Word. And uh, when when we felt like the Lord was calling us mm-hmm. to be a part of that of the crew that was the the, the founding crew uh, here at, at the Word. Uh, not in terms of the management team, but in terms of the broadcast team. Right. Uh, we were out in Taylor. Oh, and now, you know, that <laughs> wasn't much different than the umbrella situation. We had a little outhouse, and there were, when it rained, there were blue tarps everywhere. Yeah. We looked like Florida yeah. in there, but, uh, we're thrilled. We want to congratulate, uh, Jean. We want to cr- congratulate the whole uh, Word team, uh, Peggy and Dean and, and Lisa and, and all those unseen and uh, heroes and uh, all of those who have been faithful to help plant mm-hmm. uh, Christian talk radio in the Central Texas, Austin area. Hey, uh, I don't know about you, but my house is just overwhelmed with 
motorcycles. Now, <laughs> that doesn't mean that really? I'm a, yeah, that mean I'm a motorcycle mama you myself. Have company? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have company running up and down the I road know. behind my house. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got a thousand uninvited guests oh. going 70 miles Ooh. an hour. That's yeah. right. Oh, well, help this me, Lord is a very, uh, it's a, it's celebration today, today because, uh, uh, Ray Garner and Luana and Charles and uh, Justin are uh, our business associates or partners of the month, and they're having a big blowout out at the Sportsman Cafe. Yeah. I know. God love them. They're bringing every single one of them right by my house. They are. Is that where they're going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, either one. Uh, and they're having special music out there today, and uh, the Sportsman's Cafe is just six miles. No, nine miles the other side of uh, Laga Vista on 1431, yep. and it's uh, nine miles this side of Marble Falls, and beautiful country out there. And so, but our son Danny is the motorcycle. Um, yeah, uh, how's that coming? Well, it's coming good. He, in fact, I'm sure out there where they are this morning out the rally side, is he's got 1490 going full blast today to entertain all all of his friends. Well, that, speaking of Danny, he, you know, he recently had a little miss. Happened, yeah. so I was thinking about these guys, you know, because I am on one of those uh, back roads yeah. that are listed in the Texas Atlas, you know, of the great, you know, there is a there is a site on Google that talks about Texas motorcycle roads, yeah. and I live right off of one of those, and so uh, y'all be careful out there, guys, and we are gals. For you guys. Every year, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, uh, someone. Um, Hit some gravel, yeah. going at a top speed. Sometimes they're riding tandem. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they're actually racing. Last year we had one right on our road, right behind our house. Mm-hmm. A very young couple, you know, um, not on a Harley, but on on a on a, a jet bike. Um, you know, hit some gravel and then hit well, some trees, and that was part of it. Yeah, so y'all stay safe out there. You know, uh, go out here to the to the lodge, to the cafe, mm-hmm. and um, you know, if you're going to drink, stay off the roads yes. and stay with a buddy, no matter where you go. Well, Cindy, uh, we also had a big event out in Elrock this week. We had the uh, the uh, videotaping for a live video, and uh, it was really uh, very exciting to be out in the old park there on Chisholm Trail where the Brown Rock is. Uh, that was sort of a, a launching place for us when we came to Austin. Van's office was in Round Rock, and we'd take our kids down there, and they'd play around that rock and fish and all those little streams down there. But we did videotape a um a series and it was it was really exciting. Our friend Tom Umstead was there and he spent most of his time throwing water that bottles in the trees. He's just to, crazy. Yeah, to shoot the birds off. Because, <laughs> okay, Tom, you're right. officially crazy. And but, if you were in Austin, they'd probably arrest you if you if you do anything to <laughs> their birds. to their precious grackles. You know, at our house, we like to take the screen off the back window and then shoot pellets at them. <laughs> but you know, that would be at our yeah, house. <laughs> and then apart from that, of course, yesterday was the big rally down at the Capitol. I understand they had about 800 people down mm-hmm. there. And uh, it uh, it was not really a protest. It was just an affirmation of the belief that we what we're going to what we're talking about in this new series we're doing. And of course, we realize we have a lot, a lot of new listeners as a result of the major change we've made from 
from being on FM, we're still on FM, going mm-hmm. into the new AM signal. A oh, he- heritage channel, heritage station on the dial, 1490 AM. Uh-huh. Uh, as we are, we are talking about what it is that makes a nation great, what it is that makes a, a family uh, powerful, uh, living in a time that we're living in right now. And so we're going through some principles that come from uh, the Holy Word that were absolutely the foundational steps that this nation was built upon. And, it, and we are calling it the spiritual legacy, not only of our lives individually, uh, but a life of a nation as we uh, go into this series. You know, I've been really impressed with um, this group because, of course, they have a Facebook group that is, um, and they're awesome. You and I do a lot of Facebooking, and we have a lot of different groups we're connected to and or that add us automatically. Um, <laughs> that's a whole other subject. But regardless, I will tell you, I am so grateful for the Catholic community. You yes. know, it's every January when you and I go to the Rally for Life, the statewide yes. Rally for Life, uh, the buses from all over the state, you know, from uh, the Catholics, there are, there are certain principles that they hold dear. And, and this rally, although not meant to be a, quote, Catholic rally, but is the core of, of those who right now are activated. Mm-hmm for the preserving of um, our religious liberties, especially in light of the things that are inflaming uh, this controversy between the Catholic community and the government, which is the HHS mandate for Obamacare, which basically takes the choice out of the taxpayer's hand as whether you have the, the right, the opportunity to not participate in something that um, is against your uh, religious beliefs, mm-hmm. which would be supporting and subsidizing uh, abortion, termination of life, and or the issue around contraceptives. Mm-hmm. Now, that's more of an issue within the Catholic community than it is within the Protestant right. community. That, you know, uh, that, that goes a little bit more to the core of those central beliefs. But I will tell you, they are an awesome group. If you're interested in Facebook, you can go on and certainly find them. And it was the Rally for Religious Freedom. And uh, so and a lot going on, Evelyn, but you're right. We're, we're, we're morphing into uh, not just the news, but where we're at on Jesus, the perfect one, and what it is for a nation to stand strong at a time when the fabric of our families and the fabric of understanding about what is this thing about individual rights? Is that the freedom to do as I want? Or is that the freedom to exercise responsibility? You know, even at Walter Reed, some one of the news stories that I got this week, I don't know if you got this or not, was that, that now when our soldiers who are transported in from uh, off-site hospitals into Walter Reed for long-term care, that the Bibles have been removed from yes. Walter Reed. They're no longer will they wake up and have access to a Bible and or will they have access to spiritual advisors um, this is part of the, the new military, the things that you and I have been uh, closely dealing with through friends of ours, chaplaincy in the central mm-hmm. Texas area. And um, so these are the kinds of things that we're dealing with every day. Every day, Cindy. And it's part of the life. 
And one of the reasons for that is because God has, uh, I, every day I thank the Lord that he birthed me in a time like this. Uh, I feel like Esther. I feel like you and I are Esther. Uh, because I'm just glad I'm not somebody else's property. Oh, <laughs> you know, I like being born in a time like this because it well, actually means that I have rights. I can vote. Right. I still feel like somebody's hot on my tail to take that away. <laughs> oh, really? Well, there are those that would do that, I'm sure. But as we as we are going to be talking today about our spiritual legacy in this nation, we want to establish at the very front that it comes from the foundation of God's Word. And our forefathers, as they began to birth this nation of America, even before it was a United States of them all coming together, their heart was driven and purposed by the plan of God, according to Jeremiah 29:11, which God says, I know the plans I have for you. They're plans for good and not for evil, that you can have a future and you can have a hope. And so that's what the legacy is for us as Christians is that it was this nation came into birth into being as a result of men and women like you know our husbands and you and I say we want to follow God's plan we want to know what the initiative is what the the downside and the upside is for living a life the way the Lord Jesus lived it we are going to come back and we're going to talk about Do you know what it is to have a spiritual legacy in these times? This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning, I am Cindy Vonna, love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word 1490, True Talk Radio, streaming live at klgo.net, and also reminding you that you can catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com or myself at, at Cindy Vonna. Um, Evelyn, we went out on break, and we're... We're laying the foundation. We're in a series called The Perfect One, Jesus, the Perfect One. And we've done that to really not just unpack the personality of Jesus Christ, but also the principles for living. You know, when Christ came to finish the work at Calvary, he reconciled us and made we, through Christ Jesus and what he did on the cross, we have eternal peace with God. We have a covenant with God. But the part that we are looking at over these weeks, coming up into 4th of July, that's really what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We were doing it from this season of what all is going on in terms of politics and what's being said and coming up into 4th of July. What is it? to have a, a spiritual legacy in these times where culture is so demanding, where truth is obscure, and what is it that it takes for us to have daily peace with God? Are there principles around that? Does, does, does the Bible say anything about that? Does Jesus say anything about that? Well, you know, we've taken and we've looked, and, and here's here's one thing that I want you to, to, to walk us through 
and talk about this because oftentimes when I'm out on the street and I'm talking to people, you know, it is like they're still looking for a roadmap for daily life and so often looking at the lives around them or looking at the legislation around them or the culture around them or TV around them. But God's still a mystery to them mm-hmm. and what he says about that. That or it's irrelevant, old-fashioned, traditional. You know, what is it that the Word of God says about a spiritual legacy, and the plan of God. Well, it, we can go to um, uh, the book of Ephesians, uh, which was written by, I, I call him Dr. Paul, Paul of Tarsus. And Paul had a major, major experience uh, in coming to know the answers to the question you just asked, Cindy. Uh, Paul was uh, a young man of the Jewish Sanhedrin. He was a, a, a Hebrew scholar, lawyer, and his uh, his um, mm, jump for life was to go out and track down Christians and eradicate them. And sometimes we think this time in which we're living today in America is similar to the time Paul uh, was on his journey. Uh, and, and that's one of the things that we really try to hit hard here on Love Talk. Because Love Talk is not just for people who are super spiritual, Cindy. It's for our friends out there, and especially those who are joining us new, you know, these few weeks as we're going on. Into- well, I'm glad it's not for the super spiritual, because the first people <laughs> out the door be you and me. <laughs> Uh, we're here, you and I are, as messengers, really. We call, a, we call ourselves the love messengers to bring hope and to bring, uh, really, uh, help and, and honor to the Lord Jesus. And we do it from a light heart. You know, we are not so spiritually minded. We're no earthly good. Uh, but the thing that we come here on Saturday to do is to tell the secrets of God the secrets that he has, that he wants to reveal to each one of us. Well, we're not gossiping, are we? No, we're not gossiping. But there are things that the world does not see today, the world does not hear today, people do not know today, because of some of the things that we talked about earlier. It's becoming very, very um, evident in our nation that the spiritual aspect of our lives is becoming less and less valuable to a society and to a culture. Do you think it's less valuable to God? No, it isn't. It is not because he paid the supreme sacrifice, Cindy, that we could know the secret of love and life. And Paul talks about that. He says the secret plan of God. He said the part, and he's talking personally about himself, that I have in God's plan is for including and instructing everybody. Now, remember, this is after Paul met. (laughs) That's revolutionary for that time because, you know, there wasn't instruction available for everyone. It was for the elite. And this is a statement out out of Ephesians 3 that would rattle the Congress today or the Senate or the Supreme Court if they would just stop. You mean the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Right. And see, that's what Paul came out of. That's why this is so important. And this is what he said. I got the inside story on all of this from God himself. 
And he, and he writes to the church there at Ephesus. He says, as you read over this, you'll be able to see for yourselves into the mystery of Christ. None of our ancestors understood this. Only in our time has it been made clear by God's Spirit through his holy apostles and prophets of the new order. The mystery, Cindy, is that people who've never heard of God and those who've never heard of him all their lives, while I've been calling outsiders and insiders, stand on the same ground before God. Now, what does that mean, Cindy? Revolutionary. You know, before, of course, Calvary, there yeah. was the inside of the right. temple. The law. That, oh, yeah. That only the priests were allowed to go in and, or, and to be in the presence of God. The revolutionary aspect of this is that the promise here, not just the promise of what will be, the promise of what is revealed by the Spirit of God is, is, that, is that you and I, have access to the presence of God. Not just access as in terms of permissory. We're granted entrance into the presence of God. And for what reason? For instruction, for direction, for correction, so that we don't wander as so many people have done in the ages past. Nor do we have to set up laws, nor do we have to write tons and tons and tons of legislation and laws in hoping that that's going to finally get society squared away with God. Right. It's pretty simple. It is what does he go on to say? Well, he does say that, you know, they, that all of us, whether we're outsiders or insiders, and, and that's just a... Um, a colloquialism, I guess it is, Cindy, in that the Jewish thought was always that the Gentiles were on the outside. And only the Jewish by bloodline from the 12 tribes of Israel were on the inside part of God's plan. Mm -hmm. Now, he's not talking about culture here. He's talking about knowing who God is and knowing what God has to say about living in times such as we're living in today. He says to get the same offer, same help, same promises in Christ Jesus. That is the message. It is accessible and welcome to everyone across the board. Now, this comes out of Dr. Eugene Peterson's The Message. But it is very plain, Cindy, in that Paul is saying times are changing. There is no longer a line drawn in the sand where only the Hebrew people, the Jewish people, hear from God. But because Jesus came and broke that barrier between law and love and made it evident and available and important to all people. And then by the power of God's Spirit, as we just went through Pentecost, we talked about that two or three weeks ago, how God began to show himself in a way that people had never seen him before. Mm. So the question we're starting with today is, how is it that you live with a spiritual legacy? How do we do that? That's why these seven principles that we're going to be talking about in the next two or three months are so important for us as we go into the fall and we exercise the rights that we have in this nation to choose our leaders. We've got to know what kind of leader we need 
And God wants to give us to lead this nation that we might truly have religious freedom and be able to do what soldiers cannot do right now, Walter Reed Hospital, have the open word available to them. So as we're talking about why we're here, why Love Talk's here, Cindy, it's simply that we're here to tell the secrets of God. Wow. Well, that's a, that seems like a, a, a huge mandate. Well, it but is. I'll, I'll to it, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little speechless here, but we are going to continue to unpack these seven principles for a legacy of life as we talk about the difference between peace with God eternally and peace with God for daily living. This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning, I am Cindy Vonna, love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word 1490 studios, True Talk Radio, streaming live at klgo.net. Reminding you, the number here is 637-WORD or 637-9675. You can also catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com and or at Sivana. Um, now, Evelyn, as we went out on break, we're talking about, you know, what it is to leave a spiritual legacy. Now, a lot of people are still in this country really working hard to leave some kind of little nest egg mm-hmm. for the next generation. This is a lot of the talk you see with regard to, you know, mounting enormous debt for the nation. You know, some estimates, some yeah. estimates say $900,000 per person. Now, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about what are those principles where God says, if you leave this behind, then this is what your legacy will have been upon the earth, and it will also be that which keeps you at peace with me, not just for eternity as in accepting my son Christ Jesus as Savior, Mm -hmm. but at peace with me in daily living. A lot of people wonder where did all this stuff come about the forefathers, and, you know, and that was then, and what does that have to do with now? Well, the principles of God are not a then and now. Right. You know, there, you know, this whole thing of relativism versus absolute truth. And, and we're trying to do this in a way that doesn't seem like we're finger pointing or Bible something or we're in a we they mode. But one of the first principles that you can't ignore is this issue of dignity. And we talked about that a little bit last week when mm-hmm. we talked about the difference between inalienable and unalienable, right. which is in the in our Declaration of Independence, which is the unalienable rights, the things that no one can take from us, no one can purchase from us, we can't sell them, we can't give them away. They're the undergirding of who we are as human beings. Well, this is the beginning of a dialogue in a nation that says that there's value in every human Life. Why is that, Evelyn? Why is this such an issue in our day 
And what's the big debate? Well, the debate comes with uh, how we're going to live our life and are we going to live it according to uh, the principles that God's laid down in his word. And, of course, that's our reason for being here every Saturday, uh, Cindy, is that we might talk about this, dialogue about it, bring it to the table so we can understand it ourselves as well as give that understanding to others. But the dignity of human life, is what if we were to define that today we would say it is that we reflect the image of God that is what dignity of life is uh we talk a lot about it being love on parade you know we we are just out there walking the streets every day or wherever we are and people look at us Cindy if they know who we are and know we they know we claim to be Christ followers Jesus followers then we are on display before the world. We are the love image of who God is. And, and God, the scripture lays that out plainly in Genesis 1. It says, God created man in his image. Now, uh, that image was not bones and flesh necessarily. It was by the spirit that God said, you will come to life. And one of the reasons that there's so many miserable people in our world today, Cindy, is because God created us three-part beings, body, soul, and spirit. And and this is what happened when man took charge of his own life and part of him died. The spiritual part was disconnected with God. And so those of us who are Christians, we are the image of God's spirit of love. And those who do not know him are the image of the physical uh, creation that he he put together in the Garden of Eden, and so that was a crowning moment. Uh, and when man fell, one of the things that God said in His Trinity, He said, "Let us." He didn't say, "I'm going to remove you, Adam and Eve, from this garden," but He said, "Let us remove them, lest they live forever." And the result of that was is that he he put back in place the living part of humanity, or he he had created it. He put it back into the realm of the living uh, physical nature of man that would always seek for the spiritual nature of God. And so when we look at it, the value of life for us is not only that God put all of that together. Psalm 139 tells us that God took all of the parts that he had made and put it together long before we were given life, before breath came into us. Well, he He values that because that is what we live out in the world. That's what people look at. They look at me and say, everyone, you lost hair this week. Or everyone, you got new wrinkles. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the image of God's love as we live it out in a world for people to look at us. And so it, we reflect that. We reflect it. And that's what people see in your life, Cindy, and in my life, so that we know the value comes from who Christ is. Because he paid to have that all put back together. It was his life that gave us that new life in Jesus Christ that we would dwell forever in the the holiness of God. The thing about what you're saying that just 
amazes me in, in light of what we're living in is that God's design for us is that our lives would not be lived in an ordinary fashion, that we were made to be extraordinary as we were made in the image of God. Look how warped that has gotten, Evelyn, as even as we battle in cultural times this issue about ending life and whose life takes precedence. It really has come down to a battle about individual rights. Right. Isn't that odd? So that in the in a time that we're living, it says, well, you know, my rights supersede your, there's this huge battle for my rights supersede your rights. And what God meant by the extraordinary life that he intended for you and I, that specialness that he had for you and I, wasn't that our rights would supersede others or that we would trample on the rights of others or we would elevate ourselves, is that we would reflect the image of God, which is love, which is humility, which is purity, and which is righteousness. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back, Evelyn. We're going to talk more about who God is and what is it about that secret plan after we talk first about God being a God of justice. Well, you know, that's the thing that's so hard for us, Cindy, is to to measure rights against justice. And and I think that's one of the problems we have in the government that we have today. We have a trilateral government. We have executive, legislative, and judiciary. And judiciary is the law part. I mean, they look at everything in our lives in regard to what the Constitution says. But, you know, that's not the way God looks at it. He looks at it in the fact that he has provided the secret weapon for life. That secret weapon is the love of the Lord Jesus. And John fifteen sixteen tells us this. John said, Jesus said, it came from the words of Jesus, you did not choose me. He's talking about those that were following him. But I chose you. And not only have I chosen you, but I have planted you. I birthed you for such a time as this, that you might live, grow up, and bear fruit, and that your fruit might be lasting. Now, if you look at what justice is, God says, I'm in the middle of all of this. I will take care of you. Jesus said that. I will take care of you. I will send the Holy Spirit to comfort you, to guide you, to lead you, to empower you to be love on parade before a world that's looking for who I am. God's justice comes when he sees the injustice of taking life. When it's not, when life is not held as precious, there is a penalty for that, Cindy. Yeah, and, let and me God's read. justice will reign in that regard. And see, people don't see that today. They don't see life in its humanity. I mean, in its in its divinity, mm-hmm. in its divinity, its mm-hmm. spiritual heritage. They just see life as a convenience or an inconvenience. You know, there's some pretty harsh things in terms of scriptural stuff, and I mean, it's it's hard for me even to pull these forward because in the past, 
some of the scriptures about God as justice have been were used to um, develop an image of a wrathful only a wrathful God, and the yes. grace message was lost. But you know, we come here to look at the gospel in, in its entirety. We don't just come to pull right. them out and manipulate them. So here's one out of Genesis in terms of God is it says, "Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed for." In the image of God, he made man. You know, whether it is the life of an unborn child or whether it is around the issue of capital punishment, there are reasons why, as a culture, we have these serious, serious conversations. Because in the economy of God, in the kingdom of God, these things are serious subjects around which society must have important uh, conversations. But we've got to know that when we take justice in our hands or when we pervert justice or when we reverse justice Mm -hmm. for the sake of culture, this is when we wonder as a nation why it is that our prayers are not answered even though they might be the prayers of a righteous man, if we live in an unrighteous society, Mm -hmm. then is there a connection between um, a God that is seemingly not answering our prayers and issues around those things that fly in the face of the principles of God? That's why the next part of this principle is so important, and it is this, simply this, God is love. God is love. This is a message you've heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Unlike Cain, he belonged to the evil one and slaughtered his brother. That's what John says. We are to love. God is love, and we are to love one another. Not only just the bloodline that we have, but we are to love the brotherhood and the womanhood. And America's gone through some really tough challenges in that regard. You know, even I can remember when I was growing up, women were not allowed to vote. You know, it was... uh, they. It, it was just restricted. We didn't have the ability. We didn't have the knowledge. We didn't have the desire. Our job was to take care of babies and take care of, you know, the world. That's what my mom grew up with. So God is love, and that's what we want to come back to, Cindy, in, in our final segment is talk about what is the greatest spiritual legacy that I can leave, that you can leave in the, in the time in which we live right now. This is Love Talk. On the Word. Good morning, I am Cindy Vanna, love talking in the beautiful blast, KLGO, the Word Studios, 1490 AM, True Talk Radio, streaming live at klgo.net, also reminding you that you can contact the Word at 637-WORD or 637-9673, you can catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com or at Cindy Vanna. Um, 
Evelyn, we're in the series, Jesus the Perfect One. We're talking about the spiritual legacy, and we're, we're making the differentiation, we hope we are, mm-hmm. that a spiritual legacy is what you leave behind that is permanent upon the earth. Mm-hmm. And, the per- and permanence is not about the fame, the mm-hmm. name, the bank account, the because per- that can all go away in a heartache. Mm-hmm. This is the permanence that we're talking about of right living with God, mm-hmm. of those things that are lasting within the principles of God that last upon the earth that sow seeds of goodness and also keep us at peace with God. And so we've we've gone through this first principle pretty exhaustively. We're yes. going to move on next it is week. the dignity of human life is, That's is right. the first principle. We are going to move on next week, and we're going to be talking. Of course, it's Father's Day. We'll be talking to a couple of our uh, great father friends, and uh, we'll also be talking about the principles of the family, family. another uh, the institution that was made and, and propagated by God himself mm-hmm. at the point of creation. But we were talking in our last break about God is ju- justice. And, you know, in our time, you and I have been fortunate enough to hear the grace message again and yes. again and again, the importance of grace. But everything requires balance to think of um, you and I are saved by grace and grace alone, and we're saved through the shed blood of Christ Jesus, something that we could not do for ourselves. That is the grace message. But that doesn't mean, and even in the conversations with the gospel, that then you and I go ahead and live our life any way mm-hmm. that we want to live it. We continue to sin. We're not going to get it perfect. That's why this series is about the perfect one who came to be able to do that, reconcile us for eternity with God. But then there's this thing of daily peace, and we can't forget about the God of justice, that at some point those things that are wrathful to God, that he deals with them. Yes. But look at how he dealt with it in the new, in the new covenant, in the gospel. This is why we talked so long about the dignity of life and about how much he valued us. He valued you and I so much. He's crazy in love with us. Absolutely. That he sent his son to ransom you and I, to die for us Mm -hmm. because we could not pay that debt ourselves. And that is the love principle. Talk to us more about Love and how love wins, is victorious over the final enemy. Well, Cindy, the scripture, and then Jesus says, the last enemy that will be put to death will be death itself. And uh, the thing about God's love is that it covers all the past, all the present, and all the future. And that's what's called grace. When we come to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, a number of things happen just almost instantly. And then there's some things that take a lifetime, Cindy, uh, as we develop, as we're transformed, as we regenerate it. But one of the things that we uh, often do not articulate well enough is the importance of what Jesus said about going to ground zero. He said, every day, go to that place of the cross. 
And we call that ground zero because that's where death became victorious. Uh, every day go there and pick up your cross and follow me. Now, for the world in general and for the time in which Jesus lived, the cross simply meant one thing, death and punishment. Shame, humiliation, Shame. rejection. Lack of, yes, lack of pleasing society. Lack of doing what society requires that you do. So what we say about Ground Zero is Ground Zero is that place where every day we go and pick up our cross and follow Jesus. But we're not picking up death. The cross is empty. We are picking up the life that Jesus Christ paid for at Calvary. And people don't understand that. And it takes some of us a lifetime to be able to implement it, make it a part of our reality. Is you know, I don't have to fear death because Jesus has already died. And as we look at that place where that happened, it it came as a result of what God's secret plan was, Cindy. Uh, in the old covenant of law, the The sinner had to go to the priest to the temple, and they would kill an animal. They would kill a lamb without blemish, or they would kill, bring forth a a dove, something that would represent part of their life physically. And as that that animal or that uh, dove was placed on a sacrifice table, the blood was shed. Now, Leviticus tells us that in Christ Jesus, he shed blood once and for all. And that satisfies God's justice. Once and for all, he paid the price for your life and my life. So that when we went to ground zero, we wouldn't have to give up our blood. But that we'd pick up that life that Jesus had already paid for by his blood. So if once and for all, Jesus has shed his blood for sin, how is it then that that is manifested in the lives of individuals. It is when we come to that point that we recognize, apart from him, death rules our world. Mm -hmm. Death rules my life, Cindy. It ruled it until I came as a teenager to know the reality of the love of Jesus Christ. And from that moment on, I had no fear. And I have no fear of death. Why? Because Jesus is life. He said, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Now, that doesn't mean that in this body, and we've talked about that some today, we're not going to suffer. We, You know, as we age, uh, things happen. Uh, as we um, get older, uh, we, uh, we show signs of our age. Uh, and sometimes it's not pretty. But that's not the important thing. The important thing is that Jesus came and paid and purchased our ticket for heaven. And jokingly, you and I say that we have uh, we have a ticket, we have a reservation, uh, we've been through security, and we're just waiting for a boarding pass. And that is a lifestyle of living in the love of the Lord Jesus, knowing that death no longer is our enemy, but is that gateway to the life of abundance that he talks about. So when we look at what the real purpose for Jesus' coming was, it was to make a connection. It was to connect us again back to the spirit of the living God. And he did that by praying for the things that separated us from him. 
So as you're listening to us today, this may be your first time as you're joining us on 1490. We would say to you, God loves you. And he loves you in the person of Jesus Christ. And that his plan is not secret. It is very simple. It is very abundant. And this is what he says. It's ABC. We we have to come to acknowledge that apart from Jesus Christ, we do not have life. We're going to face death as it is. But after that comes judgment. B is to believe that he loves us. Jesus came and loved us enough to pay the price for our sin and to give us life without a permanent death. And then the C is that we have to commit our life to him, confess that he is our Lord and Savior. And when we do that, Cindy, something very, very exciting happens. Jesus says that the power of God's Spirit will take residence in your life, and you will be, have the power and the passion to live it the way that he has designed our life to be. And so we would say to you today, if you're in that position and you do not know him personally, just just stop where you are right now and say, Lord Jesus, I want to believe. Help my unbelief. I want to believe what Cindy and Evelyn have talked about today. And I want this new life. And as you do that and you ask him to take your life and live his life in you, then you'll begin to live this life we call the love life. Cindy, Tell us how our friends can get in touch with us so we can give them some help in doing that. Absolutely. Evelyn, you, you uh, can call her on the love line. That is 512-249-6535 where uh, she makes Bibles available to those who have received Christ. You can also catch up with us on, on our Facebook pages. You can catch up with us at lovetalknetwork.com. Evelyn, it has been a blessed day. Wonderful to know that there are no secrets that we have to wonder or wander through. This has been Love Talk on the Word. Love Talk has been brought to you by The Word 99.3 and 98.5 in Austin, as well as Love Talk's partnering sponsors, Ellison Salazar, Casa Mechanical Services, Hill Country Landscape, Ray Gardner Triad Ministries, First Baptist Church Pflugerville, and The Good News Journal.